Our second scripture passage today comes from Isaiah chapter 2. The word that Isaiah, son of Amaz, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be raised above the hills. All the nations shall stream to it. Many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction in the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light. This is the word of the Lord. Pray with me. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, dear Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Do any of you know what a refugium is? It's a fun, fancy science word that I recently learned about. Um, A refugium is these little pockets that you can get of health and safety and refuge from big, giant events. So a great example that some of you might know of is when Mount St. Helens erupted, it annihilated everything around it. Um, I looked up pictures this week because I was kind of curious, and I know I'd seen some before. And the destruction is, I don't know, it made me a little speechless, honestly. You know, there are these huge swaths of trees that are all just on the ground. Like, entire forests are flattened from the landslides. And uh, you see pictures of the ashes uh, around the, like, the time of the eruption and how long it, like, hung in the air and blocked out the sun. It's incredible. It's scary. And when you look at how desolate and barren the, the whole area is after, it's kind of hard to believe that anything could grow back after that, after such a huge disruption, after all the ways that the world was like destroyed in that area. But there are these little refugiums hidden in nooks and underneath logs and behind like rocks where there's like a little E. And in those little spots, researchers have found little upshoots of plants. And now, like, obviously there's plenty of plants growing back, but these little pockets are what saved and kept the seeds and plants to grow again. That's what held all of the growth and all of the nature in these tiny little pockets, these refugiums. When Everything was destroyed. New life still shoots forth. Life is resilient in that way. In our reading today, we saw a different kind of new life shooting forth. It was hardly a small little pocket, but instead it's something that brings all the nations together on the top of a mountain, quite honestly the opposite of refugium. You see this beautiful vision of people streaming up this mountain to learn 
And the Hebrew Bible even uses like two different words for peoples and nations. Like there's the, the other peoples, the, the outside world, the other people around us, and then there's the, the us nations, like the nations that are our people and our communities. And it uses both of those words to talk about everyone streaming up this mountain to God. People are just flooding in. And when they get there, God is the judge over all people. Not the king, but the judge. He arbitrates, he teaches people how to walk well in God's ways. There's this learning and casting away of an old life. God reforges swords into plowshares and spears into pruning hooks. He takes these weapons of war and turns them into something completely different. God is changing all the ways that people are interacting with each other, saying that there's no longer war and strife, but moving to new peace and flourishing. In this passage, we see all these reversals, these changes, and some of them are obvious, you know, like swords into plowshares, that's like very different, that's a reversal of what they were meant for. But there are also a couple of stories of renewal from Israelites' past, from the history. Um, Two earlier hurts that kind of get redeemed in this story. The first one is a pretty well-known story. I don't know if you have heard of the Tower of Babel, but people in earlier times apparently decided to build this tower so that they could make a name for themselves and be among the heavens. Uh, But because of their hubris and their pride, God came down and confused all their languages, and from there, people spread across the earth. It's kind of this uh, story explaining why and how we are in all these different places, uh, this lore that the Israelites passed down. And this was like the, the breaking point of this community. And at first, they were all working together to build this huge tower, and they were doing it. They had it done. And yet, there was this fracture because of their pride and because of their... Uh, belief that they could be like a god that caused them to break apart, caused nations to form, caused them to spread apart, to lose their community, to lose their brotherhood with one another. And yet, here we are in God's renewed world where those people are brought back together. They're heading up the mountain to God, this reverse of what they were trying to do in the first place, becoming gods themselves to living well with one another. There's restoration in our communities. People learn to talk to one another again. They don't learn war anymore. There's this healing of the Tower of Babel. The other story that I think of and I see getting redeemed in this passage is the story of Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel were apparently the sons of Adam and Eve. Um, Cain was a farmer, he was pretty good at it, and Abel was a shepherd. Uh, Both of them would bring burnt offerings to God, and for some reason, God, they get the idea that God liked Abel's better, and Cain is really upset about this, and in a jealous rage, he murders Cain, or murders Abel in a field. The first murder is brother killing brother. But here in Isaiah, not only are people coming together and war is unlearned, the tools are being changed. 
Cain took farming implements and made them into tools of violence. He took the, out in the field, he took his tools and created murder. But God takes the weapons that historically swords and spears that were used to harm other people and reshapes them into tools of creation and growth. Even like the economy of that doesn't make any sense. In, in those days, to make a sword, to make a spear, that was expensive. That was like, if you were rich, you would have a lot of <laughs> swords and spears in your kingdom. But God takes these like valuable items and changes them into everyday items that everyone had to use to create. He reshaped what was valued and what people did with their lives and pointed them towards a new way, a way that was full of peace and flourishing. This passage in Isaiah is one of good news of the gospel, one of restoration and renewal. That is the good news that we celebrated last Easter, Christ and new life. that one small moment that would create a way for all of us to celebrate and take part in new things, that allows us to move from old to new, to take what is broken and hurt and lifeless and create something new and different. God creates something new and different in us. God takes war and strife and confusion and separation and creates community. God can take the tools of war and create something different for cultivation, for life. God can take a volcano eruption and find a new way for life to emerge. And it makes me wonder how we might be pockets of refugia ourselves. I wonder how we might recreate this Easter story of Jesus' death and resurrection in our world in a bunch of tiny little ways. There is no way we are creating that mountaintop with the glory of the Lord. That is in the future, hopefully, maybe. I hope so. I believe that, and that is not something we can bring. But I wonder how we might live into the vision of Isaiah and live into the vision of Easter by renewing and restoring small things in our world. I truly believe that one day it will all be restored, but as the people of God, we have the chance, the honor, the charge to be the salt and the light of the world. Salt and light are things that create little refugia. Light gives off space and darkness. Salt seasons and holds things fresh. So we can take this charge to participate and celebrate the ways that God's kingdom is both now and not yet. In the vein of refugium, I cannot help but think of the ways that we need to help renew our world uh, from the damage that we have done to it. Uh, I don't think it's a stretch to say that we're not in a great place right now, uh, climate-wise, ecology-wise. When I think of brokenness and pain and harm, I think of the way that our ground is split for reserves of resources. I think of mountaintop mining, where we destroy entire mountaintops and thousands of miles of the earth are destroyed. 
and the runoff from that mining goes down into the water and poisons our people. I think of the ways that our oceans are overfished and we're losing entire species. I think of the water levels rising in the global south in some places and in others, the droughts and the ways that more and more refugees are being created because they can no longer live where they used to. And I have a deep hope that one day all of it will be renewed and restored and new life will come forth. And at the same time, I believe that we can follow God well by restoring and taking part in reclaiming the Easter story of renewal right now in our world by working to sustain our planet. To be a refugium not only gives pockets of life for, you know, places to live again, for new plants to come forth, but I think they also change our own minds and renew our own minds and hearts. When we change how we interact with our world, when we change our mindset of uh, consumerism to one of living in balance with the earth, we go from greed and waste to gratitude and flourishing. What might we do as individuals, as a community, as a church, to change how we engage with the earth? Do we have spaces that we could transform? Do we have different things that we need to buy? Do we need to buy less of anything? What can we reuse? What can we change? Uh, perhaps a, a helpful hands-on uh, example of refugium for you might be uh, Shane Claiborne. I don't know if any of you know him, but he does uh, presentations around the country called Beating Guns. Um, and this is where he gives a pre presentation about gun violence and then very literally takes a gun and a forge that he takes with him and creates farming tools. He creates like little hand picks and trowels out of these guns in front of you. He pulls it out and then like it's red hot and he just transforms a gun in front of your eyes into something new and different. I think that is a form of refugia. To say, no, we don't want this pain and violence. We want to create growth and space. And I got to see that. And we actually got gifted by someone there. I was with like a couple of our youth group people. Um, we got gifted one of the tools and we actually like got to go gardening that summer with our little, our little tool from that uh, experience. And to actually go into a community garden and grow food for people in an area that did not have enough with something that used to be a gun. I think that is a beautiful example of what it can mean to be refugia. At Fort Street, I wonder how to celebrate God's promise of renewal. I wonder what we can transform within our own community. What can we take and repurpose? What is here that's valuable that we can reforge and bring forth new life? Where there's hurt and pain, because these stories come from hurt and pain. These stories come from death. These stories come from 
separation of community and rifts in community where it's no longer possible to communicate with one another, and God transformed those. Where might those opportunities be here? And maybe God already has done some of those things, and let's celebrate and notice the fact that God has brought new life. Let's allow and hope for reconciliation and peace. Let's think about where we can find growth and life. Renewal isn't easy or straightforward, especially after deep pain and loss. We have COVID. We have years of being uncertain where we stand with one another and change. But let us labor forward to new things. Let God bring new life to our spaces. Let us walk up the mountain towards God together. Let God's kingdom be here, both now and not yet. Pray with me. God, who brings life and breath to, our, to ourselves, our lives, and to each other. God, I ask that you move in us, that you bring your spirit here so that we might see clearly the ways that you have transformed us and renewed us each and every day. Thank you for your gift of life and light. In your name we pray. Amen.